He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. Worthy, worthy, worthy. Amen. So uh, today we're going to talk about the ministry of the alabaster box. The ministry of the alabaster box. <clears throat> and God began open understanding to me about this probably about maybe about six or seven years ago I think I preached on it Um, uh, but not here I think maybe at another meeting or something but to get understanding of what was being done uh, at that time what was being done what it means for the body of Christ at large and I believe there's a um, a, a deeper prophetic meaning here um, that you know will probably be part of what we need to know for the coming year and so I thought you know I'd start be, just begin to share I don't really have it all yet but begin to share parts of it as I preach it and as I get familiar with it it comes together a little better for me so um, but I, there is some understanding here in general for the body of Christ and for us as believers for the world for the world we have to minister to and so there are are four accounts of a woman that <clears throat> anoints Jesus with oil taken costly oil taken from an alabaster box um, three of these accounts uh, are um, uh, the same woman then there's one is a different different woman at a different time and so you need to pull them together who these women are what they represent and what that ministry is all about what God had taught me in the past was in the account at uh, uh, Simon the Pharisee's house this account had to do very much with how the inner circle of mature believers operates together in their time alone and away from their ministry and how the alabaster box can be opened up or it can be left shut depending upon how we spend our time one with another we'll talk about that a little bit but more importantly it has to do with the anointing that's reserved for the bride for the end time bride of Christ and and we've ministered about this especially in the conferences prophetically about his adornment for the bride of the end of the age in every age there's this adornment it's not that we're trying to say Jesus is coming soon he comes soon for a lot of people you know what I'm saying so but what we are saying is that this is the final anointing that God will bring to the body of Christ to his bride as a mature bride who is not so much concerned about what she's going to eat drink or wear but is totally consumed with the master and what he desires and, and that kind of thing so uh, we're, we're going to talk about it. I get as far as I can with it and, and share as, you know what God wants me to share but if you'll write down these references so you keep them together Matthew 26 6 through 13 Mark 14 3 through 9 and John 12 1 through 8 that's all the same incident the odd one is Luke 7 36 through 50 so that's a separate one so you can keep them separate a lot of times you read the Bible and they all kind of you know everything kind of runs together it's easier sometimes to get understanding if you can keep them separated like that (coughs) 
so I'm going to read primarily from the account in Mark 14, 3 through 9. That will be our main focus is on uh, Mark 14. Let me, oh, okay, 14, 3 through 9. And beginning in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper as he sat at meat. So those three instances are at Simon the leper's house. As he sat at meat there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard. Very precious. She broke the box and poured it on his head. And there were some that had indignation within themselves and said why was this waste of ointment made? For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and have been given to the poor. And they murmured against her. And Jesus said let her alone. Why are you troubling her? She has wrought a good work on me for the poor you have with you always. So whenever you want to do a good deed the poor are around to give it to them. Got me? He says but I'm the one you won't have with you always. So the rare and the precious commands the rare and the precious. So keep that. That's the underlying, the underlying principle and thought here is whatever rare is rare and precious is deserving of what is rare and precious. If you want to put it on that level. He says she has done a good work. And because she has come beforehand to anoint my body to be buried truly I say to you wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world and these are significant the write it down and everybody knows about it forever kind of things that happen in the Bible highly significant things they're highly significant so they're worthy of our study our trying to understand them our trying to get in God's mind to see what is so important about this incident that he's he's allowing her to be remembered it says throughout the whole world this also that she has done shall be spoken of for a memorial to her so when God builds a memorial to you you've done something very close to his heart you've hit the nail on the head you know this revelation you can take to the bank over and over and over again that kind of thing and so we she's remembered because she locked into a truth or revelation that very few people got and she acted on it she followed through on it and God's built a memorial to her in the scriptures throughout all ages because of what she confidently and wisely and bravely did in obedience to the spirit of God so what is it that she's doing and why is she doing it well Jesus says it real plain here she's come beforehand to anoint me to my burial she understands that what Jesus has been telling them about himself for the longest time is true he's not going to be here long he said that himself he says the poor you have with you always but me you're not going to have here very long you're not going to have me always and she knows it and she believes it you have to understand that very few in fact none of his disciples thought he was really going to die they just when you ever, you ever notice when when there's something you really really want to believe a whole lot in God you'll take that 
that knowledge and hide it from people. You know, you don't tell people about it because you know what they're going to say. You don't blast it to anybody because you don't want to argue with anybody and defend it and all that kind of stuff. Well, that's what they did with the knowledge that Christ was going to die. Oh, sure, you know, yeah, we're all going to die one day, and you know, because they were so hoping and believing within them that they were talking about a natural kingdom. Whenever we put the natural above the spiritual, we've 100% missed it. I'm 100% missed it. And so it's very, very important that we go inward and let God minister to us the revelation behind these truths. So that when we come out with our actions and come out with our words, they're consistent with what God wants what God says, God's wisdom, God's understanding. And so uh, there, she is the rare one. Now there may be others, but she is the rare one who understood, believed, acted on, and really made the way for the resurrection to take place. Because there must be faith on earth for these things to happen. You understand what I'm saying? Especially if they're going to bless the body of Christ. And they're going to do everything that God wants them to do. There must be faith on earth. The Bible says when the Son of Man returns, shall he find got to be somebody down here believing him for these things because they come to bless the earth and there must be faith on the earth before God can come down and bless us with the things that we desire we understand this because we understand the word the just shall live by faith everything that we do must be done believing God and believing God for what he says he is going to do and so In this story though, he's talking about this costly ointment. It's it's a uh, mixture of different ointments, primarily what they call nard or spikenard, very, very precious. And so I'll tell you a little bit about what is entailed in this alabaster box. Now alabaster is a, it's a stone and it's very similar in its uh, appearance to white marble. So it looks expensive. It's a deceptive kind of stone because it looks like marble and many people mistake it for marble. And so this business about the stone that contains the costly ointment. And see if you think about it, we are earthen vessels. Amen. And the Bible says there is a treasure within us. See, there is a treasure in earthen vessels. So really, this alabaster box can be synonymous with a human being. It carries the power of God, carries the anointing. In fact, the costly anointing or the spikenard or this ointment is often used in association with the anointing. And because it's so rare... It's for a certain time and certain season and it does a certain thing. So I believe it's talking about the end time anointing or what we commonly refer to as the end time anointing or costly anointing. The one that Jesus shed his blood for. The one that is rare because it is for a mature bride so it's not uh, something that is given to everybody. Anointing that we carry depends on how much we yield to God to receive what he has for us. And so this whole story is about yielding, receiving, 
who's pouring out, who's receiving, and what they do with this um, ointment and with this anointing that God's pouring out. So this alabaster box contains it. Many times they would, it, it was a jar really that had a container, a vessel at the bottom and had a lid on top. And because the ointment would deteriorate and the odor of it was so permeating, they would often seal it with wax so that it couldn't deteriorate with air from the outside and it couldn't evaporate and it wouldn't mold and all that kind of stuff. So this anointing has been shut up and locked up in God. So it can't be contaminated. It can't be perverted. It can't be twisted and made something else. It's costly. It's costly. And so this anointing then is reserved for a specific situation, a specific time. It's taken out by the user for a specific work to do or a specific function. It's not an everyday thing. It's considered precious. And it's the vessel that contains it is is maintained in such a way as to keep the purity of it and integrity of it. So if you think about it in terms of anointing, it would have to be an anointing that the vessel highly seeks for, understands what it can do, and doesn't want to waste it on contamination pursuits like you know building a big this or having more of that or getting more material. It's not for that. This is for, it's reserved for people who know the function and the use of it and how it's to be used. <clears throat> so in this anointing oil that she poured out on Jesus is uh, what they called spikenard. Now spikenard is a plant, it's an essential oil. And it's gathered really from a variety of plants. So it's not just one plant. There's several components to it. It's been used since ancient times as a perfume, as a medicine, as an incense, and in religious ceremonies. These, these uh, components come from a lot of different regions. So there is a sense that this is something that has cost somebody a lot of time, effort, and energy to put together. From India to Europe to Africa, these herbs are found and they're brought together and processed to make this ointment. One of the main components is jatasmani, J-A-T-A-S-M-A-N-I, jatasmani. The asmani family of herbs are very fragrant. Uh, There's a rice that comes from that family. Uh, I think it's basmati rice that you can get in the store. It's very, it's very nice, and you know it's very expensive. It's you know you pass that one up because I can't even pronounce that. I'm gonna go get my Carolina. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just skip over that one. But it is very fragrant. It's from India, and that's one of the principal ingredients there. In the Middle East, other components are made. 
what's called nard is the principal oil that's used there it's also also they mix in lemongrass which is very fragrant anything with citrus in it has a high aromatic tone to it so that's what causes it to permeate the atmosphere there's also lavender mixed in Jatasmani is part of the Valerian family. V like Victor, A L E R I A N. Anybody ever heard of that? Medical people? Valerian. Valerian is a uh, common, uh, was at the turn of the century. You know, before the FDA got involved in everything, you get pretty much anything you wanted at the corner drugstore. You know, and so the uh, it, it was very common for uh, dispensaries to carry it. You could get it prescription or not prescription. Um, there's a lot of different stories around uh, these different hypnotics and so forth. But valerian was used is used primarily as a hypnotic to make one sleep. Uh, anybody uh, for you Agatha Christie fans remember Murder on the Orient Express one of my faves <laughs> it's the Belgian Her- Hercule Poirot as the detective that was one of her favorite characters <clears throat> on the Orient Express there was a man who was murdered and before he uh, before they found him dead they looked on his bedside and he had taken valerian before he went to sleep and they assumed that he took too much because that was real common you know because you took drops you know what was in there you just drop some in there and you could sleep all night a couple of days but after they took the covers off they noticed he all had all these stab marks <laughs> so they found out in the end something like 15 people had stabbed him so they couldn't charge anybody with the murder but it was very interesting what was going on <laughs> But I always remember, remember Valerian because as a nurse I realized I said them people took some real drugs when they were, you know, they were just commonly distributed to people to use however they wanted. And Valerian's very, very potent. Uh, you know, when you people take it, their pupils dilate. I mean, it's a very, very strong hypnotic. It is also a painkiller. You got me? So it's used as an incense, a sedative, a painkiller. It was often given in birth difficulties. So you wonder how women had made it through labor back in the day. You got it. (laughs) Right. And minor ailments. It's also a food flavoring. And as late as the 16th century, it was used to make a certain kind of beer. Which y'all can't have none of it now because it's, it's been done away with. <laughs> right. <laughs> which brand? <laughs> An interesting side is that the scent of spikenard somehow mysteriously attracts cats. Now you'll see in Egypt around the throne, 
and in the throne room cats were honored animals you see what I'm saying and it, it's probably thought that they would leave a little bit of nard around the throne to attract them who knew it was a luxury in ancient Egypt it was also used in the temple worship I mean the Jewish temple worship at Jerusalem from time to time so in this ministry of the alabaster box there is all this fragrance being poured out and Jesus says she's anointing me ahead of time for my burial so what did that do for him what did this ointment do for Jesus in anointing him before his burial it says she broke the box which meant she didn't plan to keep any of it for herself it was all to be given to him so in both instances these women gave their all to the Lord and this anointing gets poured out on the church when they have decided to give their all to the Lord and not I surrender all and then go about your normal business but this is really selling all moving letting go of the normal job and deciding you're going to live by faith you understand what I'm saying giving all to the Lord and I'm not talking about but just preachers everybody thinks when we say give it all it's preachers believers have to have that mindset because that's a mindset that's going to propel the body of Christ in general into an anointing that we've never experienced before and see we all say we want it we think we're waiting on it we think you're ready for it but the cost of it is what's so important here because these things were not cheap the container to keep it in wasn't cheap the oil itself wasn't cheap and it was purchased and handed to people unsealed for a time when it would be poured out and everybody within the the, uh, vicinity to receive it could receive it so really that is speaking about what we talk about the former and the latter reign together the end time pouring out all that it's the same ministry the same anointing the same effect and it it comes upon people who are attentive to it who want it who could appreciate it in this instance it was just two people Jesus and the lady who poured it out that's always the way it is God's willing but he's looking for a church that will pay attention and not get caught up in the sideline of things like the disciples did oh why is she wasting it this could have been given to the boy we could sell this we could do so much we could do so much with the anointing God if you would just anoint me I could do so much it ain't for that you'll never get it thinking about how important it's going to make you how it's going to propel you forward how it's going to many times we'll say God I just want to do more miracles why you know anybody who needs one why you want to do more you got me so this is for you know pure vessels that vessel didn't have any contamination in it it was sealed I love that to keep it away from distraction contamination from the world from the world's influence from the world's ideas sealed up in a place where only God had control over it and what happened to it 
Because this lady 100% heard from God. She wasn't trying to follow a movement. She wasn't trying to follow a, a cult of people. She wasn't trying to follow a minister. Are you kidding me? That place was lousy with ministers who didn't know what to do with the anointing. Got me? Crawling with them. All the disciples. I'm an apostle. I'm sitting on the right hand. I'm sitting on the left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to do all that. But you're going to be sacrificed before that happens. You're going to be poured out just like this lady has poured out to him. And so in pouring out, the word said the fragrance filled that whole room. Just everything permeated. And there were some that caught on and some that didn't. And this lady knew exactly what she was doing when she did it. This seal on the anointing can only be opened by God. It's totally free from man's contamination. It's on a schedule by God to be released to individuals at certain times when it's needed. There are... There are remnants of it. There are trickles of it. There are instances where this this scene is replayed and this type of costly anointing is poured out. Um, Most of these situations are just like this. These are pure disciple student situations where God can allow the impartation or the flow of anointing to flow purely from one vessel to the other one just like it did with Jesus it started on his head she started with the head and poured it down and it just totally 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 covered his body the spikenard was to take him through the suffering and the pain of the crucifixion that's why it had to be done before his burial that's why they were able to put him right in the tomb after he came out off the the cross because he's already anointed for his burial way over here if anybody was paying attention huh? so then when they showed up again on Sunday morning to finish the embalming too late it's already done it's been done for the purpose that he needed it for that's why he didn't need the vinegar on the stick and all that kind. He was already in a place where he could tolerate the pain from a human level. Got me? Because he had been anointed by another human being who cared about what he was going to have to go through. Cared about his suffering. Cared about his rejection. Cared about his crucifixion. Cared about all of the things that she knew probably what the Romans did to people. You understand me when they killed him. And when he says I'm going to be killed and I'm going to suffer. That's all she had to hear. She said I've got to help him. I've got to do something. And that's what what the church is called to do. We're called to fellowship in the sufferings of Christ. To the degree that we appreciate what he went through. We appreciate what he did. And we want to carry out his last will and testament to the body of Christ. That's all we care about. That's all that's important, folks. That's your true prosperity. That's, that's why we're, we're supposed to be being taught how to receive from God and how to re- expect good from God. So that we can be pure vessels to carry what's costly to help the world. That's why there's certain people we just don't reach. They can't be reached by what we got. They can be reached by something else that's coming. 
things. God knows when to give it to us. He knows what we need. He knows who we need to reach. And he knows how to minister it through us. It's high costly. And not cheap baby. Valerian helping women through birth pains. Help Jesus birth the church. Hmm? His bride was born on the cross. Come on y'all. When they pierced his side and water and blood gushed out. <clears throat> that rib <laughs> that the woman was taken for back in the garden. A whole thing played over again. To show the birth of the church because of the atonement. When he said it's finished and after it was finished they pierced him and saw that gush out. That was us being born into the earth. We were released into the earth because of what he suffered. Not before but after it was finished. And then then we were released. And so that, that costly anointing prepared him for that. So that he could know that the father was with him throughout the whole situation the costly anointing is released oftentimes among disciples ministers just like it was replayed here I can tell you about that we'll we'll go over to this other example because I think that's more appropriate for this type of release in Luke the one in Luke chapter is that the other one Luke 7 that I gave you Matthew Mark Luke yeah seven yeah okay this is a different count this is that now the one that that we just did was was right prior to the Passover meal so Jesus it was leading up to Jesus crucifixion so it was close there this one seems to be about a year earlier Um, Luke seven let me see here 36 through 50. Okay, we'll start in verse 36. It says, One of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold a woman in the city which was a sinner. When she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house. Brought an alabaster box of ointment. So here it's not as personal to Jesus. The other one was personal to him. She's personally anointing him for the burial. But here's the alabaster box. So there's two instances where this costly ointment is coming forth. One looks like it's for the bride and the kingdom. And this other one looks like it's for something else. Because of a different purpose, different situation. She brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet behind him weeping. And began to wash his feet with her tears. And it wiped them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. When the Pharisees that were invited saw him, he spoke, he saw it, he spoke within himself saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what type of woman this is that's touching him, for she's a sinner. 
Jesus answered his thoughts and said to him Simon I have something to say to you and he said master say on these encounters where Jesus goes to fellowship with people after the meeting sound very familiar to me I've been to a hundred of them at least (laughs) in my lifetime you know this is the Ministers gathering for fellowship after the preaching. You know what I'm saying. It can go up or it can go downhill real quick. If you know what I mean. It's a time where Jesus typically would take his disciples aside to expand understanding. You see one situation where the parable of the sower is told a zillion times to show you the love of God to give us full understanding if anybody thinks God won't give you one it's hard to get understanding from him think again because that example is there to show you that he doesn't want us ignorant of the word he wants to give us full disclosure he wants you don't have to fast for 40 days to get a yes or a no from God you know you understand what I'm saying I mean if that's what you do that's what you do but but it's it's like that that all you have to do is come aside to him and open yourself up to understanding and revelation and there it is he'll give it to you until you totally understand everything he wants you to understand so this is one of those situations he preaches he's he's a minister and somebody invites him back to their home for refreshment and hospitality of course the disciples always go with him because there are important things that are shared there you can sit at the master's feet now and talk to him and commune with him have fellowship with him get the inside track get your questions answered this is a privileged place to be this is not something where you just you know have somebody over and oh that's preacher so and so and you know let's talk about the weather or talk about the famous people that we go preach for and name drop and I've heard it all a lot of damage is done to people's reputations in meetings like this business cards are passed out the next meeting is you know arranged for you know if you let that happen you understand what I'm saying but the purpose of it is so that the ministry of the alabaster box can take place and oftentimes people never allow that box to be opened for the most part people don't just get together how you doing uh, yeah I preach for so and so oh really you know him you hear me makes you want to that's why there are some people that don't have them or when they have them they have them in a select you understand what I'm saying because this is costly folks If, if they don't want it keep it keep it sealed up keep it tucked away keep it hidden because you'll know when it's time to release it if you carry it you know when it's time to release it This woman opens it up because she's giving everything to the Lord. She's giving all to Jesus. She knows she's a sinner. She knows she's doing what she can. 
he says that in both instances this woman did what she could that's all he expects us to do is do what we're capable of doing he doesn't want to just do what you can and he says she she wiped the hairs of his feet with his hairs of her head and so forth and he tells Simon I have something to say to you he said there was a certain creditor that had two debtors the one owed 500 pence and the other 50 and when they had nothing to pay nothing this lady's got nothing he frankly forgave them both tell me therefore which of them will love him the most Simon answered and said I suppose that he to him he forgave the most and he said to him you have rightly judged he turned to the woman he said see this woman he said I came into your house you didn't even greet me see there are people who don't recognize one another as carriers of anything costly we don't oftentimes appreciate what's inside of one another so we just live on a superficial basis with one another we just you know chat here a little bit there scared to let it be broken see if I let it get broken open people might know that this this vessel carries something I need people might know that I'm lacking something in either my personal life or ministry that I'm feeling led that this vessel can pour out on me you see and so we keep it on the level of who'd you preach for who do you know where you've been last and all that then we can all play the game see and never gets broken open we don't share what's inside of one another this happens to preachers all the time folks you go to places where you know people could use what you have understanding revelation and the, the person in charge never speaks beyond the superficial and you get in this sword fight of I preach for them you preach for them just put the sword to one another but see when God takes over and he pours out all that stuff's history you understand what I'm saying they just that's why that's why oftentimes there have to be seasons dedicated to these things by God where he just suspends the shenanigans in everybody's life and says you're here for the purpose of doing this that and the other and shut up and let this person talk he turned to the woman he said see this woman I came to your house you didn't give me water for my feet you didn't even treat me in a hospitable way he says but she's washed my feet with her tears you wouldn't give me water but she washed it with tears precious water's common and free tears are precious and he says she wiped them with the hairs of her head you didn't even give me a towel huh why you know <laughs> getting dirty just so the master can be comfortable being inconvenienced so that he can have his place he said you didn't greet me with a kiss in other words a kiss of peace you know when you greet people that's that means friendship and no animosity he said but this woman came since the time I came in she's not since to kiss my feet nothing's too good for the master 
See, God's waiting for the bride to position herself like this. That's all it's holding us up. It's positioning ourselves properly so he can pour out. He can't pour out through your business cards and promoting yourself and having a, a you know a, a an app on a phone and a you know I mean all that's all right but you know what I'm saying that can't be all there is to you in your relationship with God. He says my my head with oil you didn't anoint but this woman is anointed my feet with ointment. He says, wherefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, said I'm not saying they aren't. He says, they're forgiven. Why? Because she's worshipped me. She's left an offering for me. She's ministered to me. She's opened her heart to me. She's shown me that she wants to follow me. She appreciates me. And he says, they're forgiven. They were many. They're forgiven. For she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. So really forgiveness opens your heart to more of the love of God. <laughs> you can't be too forgiven and you can't forgive too much. <laughs> That's how room is made in your heart so that God can pour in. And you can pour out. He said and they which sat at meat with him began to say within themselves who is this that forgives sins also. See wrong mindset. It's just wrong. Just. (laughs) But he blessed her. See if you come for a blessing. You get a blessing. It doesn't depend for what the crowd at large is doing. Some of the most courageous people in the Bible are women. And it's a foreshadowing of the glory of the church. It's for all of us. What you see the women in the Bible receive is for the whole body of Christ, male and female. We point out that God is no respecter of persons. We point out that you can approach the master no matter what your background, no matter where you came from. And he will forgive you and he will accept you and love you and elevate you too. So so this woman then... She brought the ointment and stood before, behind his feet and washed his feet with her tears and so forth. It doesn't say where the ointment was applied. We know in the first instance the ointment was from head to toe and we believe that is for the body of Christ. We believe that's what that's, what that's for. This ointment then became, be, began to in this situation be a personal offering to the Lord to enhance the relationship and favor in his eyes so there's two ministries of this alabaster box one is personal between you and God your personal offering up as your uh, your body is a living sacrifice your resources whatever you have so that you can know that everything's paid and everything's clean between you and the master this is preparing your personal vessel for what God wants you to do and what he wants to do in you the other one is for somebody who recognizes a higher purpose the second the first one we talked about was a kingdom purpose to that outpouring because in Psalms 133 we see where it is and starting in verse 1 it's a real short psalm we all know it it says how good and pleasant it is 
for the brethren to dwell in unity. So the head to toe anointing is for unifying of the body of Christ. And I believe that we are unified when we all have purpose and let God pour the same anointing on everybody. So we don't have an anointing for prosperity and an anointing for breakthrough and an anointing for this. It's the same anointing for everybody that is pure and has been shut up for an appointed people at an appointed time who have paid a personal price. And understand how important it is for the body of Christ to go forth. And we see this anointing over and over again in history. We call it revival. Last time you saw it was Azusa Street. Where what did he do? Uh, uh, Charles Parham poured out. And this little guy, little black man, Seymour, sitting on the outside of the church. Didn't care if the white people didn't want him into church. He sat on the outside and listened until he got the message. Just like this lady sitting on the outside. She's a sinner. They don't want her. Ah, you got to know what type of person she is. But when people came that were drawn there. That were open to receive what God was pouring out through this vessel. They weren't turned off by the vessel. They weren't turned off by the porch porch on a house. A borrowed house. And in the stable. (laughs) I mean when you think of the people that say they're expecting God to do great things and how they function. You wonder. Doesn't even measure up historically for how <laughs> God pours out through people and in people, not buildings, and not you know none of that stuff. But but that's where you see that, see that costly. And what happened with people? We wonder now. We wonder how they did that. How did people come in there that hadn't even been saved? And stay in that meeting for like a week or a few days and go out and conquer Africa. With the power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. And he restudied for months and months and years and years and years and can't get the cat healed. I'm telling you it's a different anointing. It's reserved for a condition of a people in their hearts that pleases God and it's set to be released for that people in that season. And we get trickles of it. And so this last this this situation in Luke is is the one that that I believe shows you the the trickles of it. We know it's around cuz we see it. We see we see how it operates. You don't always see the immediate results of it, but you see it in operation in different situations where people can can um Get it, get it out there, and it imparts to people. That's what it's an impartation that's real, not this. You know, I'm an imparter. Come on now, just hold your horses. This is this is real. This is something that's validated and confirmed with signs following. But you see the ministry of it because the ministry of it has these same similarities, and where it it can be. It's never locked up away from people who are hungry and ready to receive it and those who are ready to pour out.
It's never locked up from that. But it can be locked up from the body of believers because God wants to do more with it. And he wants to do more and he prepares a body of people. So there's a personal release of it with vessel, vessel to vessel. Vessels are are prepared for it. And they know how to receive it and they're in place for it and then there's a vessel that's ready to pour it out. It's always there. The backroom preacher meeting. It's always ready to be poured out there because we see it here. See? Whenever people of strength gather together who, who know how to go in that flow and they paid the price for something costly in their lives, there's always somebody who can be ready to receive the embarkation. In the Bible you see Elijah and Elisha. That's the common example. That last pam of the anointing for Elisha had to be paid for. It just took, you just don't come to somebody's meeting out of the blue and get their mantle. It's just nonsense. It's not it's childish. And so if God's going to pour this out, it's got to be on a mature bride that's not looking for it for the next plaything to tell people about. So Elijah, Elisha is is classic example. Jesus and his disciples, it was always poured out for them. That's how they could go from denying him in one chapter and the next chapter they turn the world upside down. Because he said, wait for endowment on power, power from on high. And it came on everybody who had the faith to tough it out and go there and wait. Some people went ahead and preached anyway without it. We know that because we saw many people in the book of Acts that had not received. Have you received since you believed? So the church had to go around trying to get everybody equipped properly. Because there are some people that just went out and it's okay. You know, to... Tell it because you're excited about it. But you're not going to get the demonstration and power. So you're going to come back and get empowered. The humble come back and get empowered. The religious argue with you and say they don't need it. They got the Holy Ghost. So we've seen that too. There are people that where this is released and, and we say it can be released. The typical atmosphere is ministers backroom meetings because we assume we all there because we serve God and we want stuff, you know, we want want the real thing. Um there have been people that, that operate this way with disciples on a regular basis. Oral Roberts was one. The greats always do. They understand what they carry, they understand who it's for, and they open themselves up to have that alabaster box open in that ministry of the box carried out Miles Monroe is another one you need to thank God that man did things this way thank God he he always was willing to open the box and pour out to people there's a video of him just at lunch with somebody not eating at all <laughs> I should talk right now. <laughs> Everybody repent. <laughs> but, you know, there's a time to have dinner and there's a time to pour out. What I got to tell you. <laughs> you can eat. You understand what I'm saying. But uh, he believes that that's his time to pour out because the conditions are right. When this box is open, you don't have to interrupt the conversation between 
can I tell you this and that's not how that works you don't interrupt conversation people who have been around the great ones they don't ask questions they don't speak unless they're told that they can do that Um, more Cirillo spends time with other ministers so that they can receive the costly anointing See? And, and if, if people understand what they're getting and understand what that opportunity means then they will open themselves up to receive and let themselves start to receive from them Kenneth Copeland is big on doing that he, you know he's always the one on one he's very comfortable doing that he even in front of the camera uh, you know but but he's teaching in that flow but there's a different impartation flow the anointing's different for impartation than it is for teaching and you know that kind of thing the conditions have to be right so there there has to be a master disciple situation set up you got to know when to silence yourself and allow God only to move and move you and open you up to what you need to know because in this costly anointing in the impartation there is a leading by the spirit through the vessel who is pouring it out that is responding to questions on the hearts of the people who are receiving so you can't be there so you can take a selfie with brother Cirillo <laughs> you understand come on folks now y'all understand what I'm saying you you're, see because that's going to shut it down God's not going to work in your selfie community so you can put it on Facebook look who I was with you got me you have to be careful about these things. We we you have to keep the carnality. It's just like when <laughs> Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, and and you know Peter pops up with his mouth. You know it's and Jesus told him to shut up, Peter. It ain't time for that. Just you know what I'm saying. He took him anyway. <laughs> Sometimes you get taken anyway. You understand what I'm saying? And just <laughs> learn how to shut up. So it does happen in the master-disciple relationships. Elijah, Elisha, we said that. Jesus with Peter, James, and John. And it's more common in these circles because there is a hunger for truth there. The hunger for truth in the vessel that's receiving sets up the ministry of the alabaster box. See, that's one promise you have from God. If you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you will be filled. There's no, there's no question. You will get it. God doesn't want his children hungry. He even says that healing is your bread. He'll give you healing every day. He does not want his children lacking and crying for anything. So all you got to do is get your vessel, keep your vessel ready and position yourself to receive from God. Because he's going to give it to you. No doubt about it. He doesn't care what he has to do. He'll move heaven and earth and everything else to get you to the place where you can receive what you need from him. The costly anointing supports an atmosphere where present applied truth this applied truth is what you take to the bank you got me you operate in this and it will work for you right away 
it 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 the costly anointing supports an atmosphere creates an atmosphere where present applied truth can dominate you want an atmosphere where the word of God dominates. It's not like you're you're trying to hear and you don't understand the devil's talking in your ear and somebody's whispering over you. It's this thing, it's a hush hush thing that that the atmosphere permeates and everything that's not of that truth gets silenced. You don't have to worry about interference, anything interfering with what, what God's doing. It's a miracle atmosphere. It's just words, you know, it's not a miracle. Impartation is of words being transferred in such a way that they're discreet and they can, when it's opened up inside that vessel that's receiving it, it'll reproduce and do the same thing it did in the one. That's why it's precious. See, let me tell you what we do. We hear a message. And we find out it's popular and then we want it and then we go repeat it. That's contaminated. You want something that that you hungered for and God set an appointment to have somebody else who hungered for it and paid the price to get it just like you did. It's not cheap. It's not borrowed. That's how Rick Warren got rich off of purpose driven life. He hungered for that revelation. And when Miles Monroe started to preach it, he followed it until it made sense to him. And he found out what he was supposed to do with it and he did it. It was transferred from one person who paid the price for it to somebody else who paid the price for it. Other people have received it. So many people read that book. And they, there's good report from it. It changed people's lives. You understand what I'm saying? Versus people who just copy things and repeat them. So he said it supports an atmosphere where present applied truth can dominate that place, permeate hearts and minds. And it's because of the hunger of a vessel and the supplier to release it. You know, there are people who paid the price for things. They don't share them. You know, they contaminate. It won't help anybody. If it's hoarded, it won't help anybody. And God won't use them. They just take it with them to wherever they go because they, it's messed up already. Because you're trying to hoard it, trying to own it for yourself. So we are all earthen vessels. The anointing itself is pure. There are two conditions that have to exist before the release of the costly anointing. One is a hunger on the part of the receiver and the other is a place of deposit. The hunger, a place of deposit and then the vessel that contains it contains the present truth. So there's a price paid for both. At Azusa Street there was great demand and supply. And there were many carriers of the pure anointing. They just came because of hunger and they heard God was pouring out here. And they didn't care. They didn't care how far they had to travel. They didn't care where the meeting was. And they didn't care if it lasted long, if it didn't last long. 
Many of the so-called revivals we've had in present day are so contaminated it's pathetic. Because people want to televise them. That's number one contamination. You want everybody to. You, it's a, you get invited to this. You, it's the right place the right time God tells you. They broadcast it. They fall out with each other because one person wants to control it and the other person doesn't want to be controlled. And You know. But God knows how to do what he does. When, when, he, when we're prepared, he knows how to pour out. It, that doesn't confuse God at all. It doesn't upset him at all. It does, it's just what happens. And when pottery is made, it's smoothed out many times. The one thing that, that you remember the potter's yard where um, um, Judas was... Was buried when they better in Potter's Field or something like that, whatever. But um, it was full of broken pots, and the reason they break them and can't use them is because somehow on the wheel, when the the hands were shaping it and forming it, they weren't the finger touch wasn't light enough, and it left the imprint of the potter on the vessel that was undetected before it was fired after it's fired everything shows up once it's fired they see the fingerprint and the handprint the potter's yard is no good anymore that's why the the uh, you know analogy of of the we as vessels on the potter's wheel you know that we are being molded and shaped by the potter is so important because your vessel has to be clear and clean of human shaping and therefore human contamination. You can't fit yourself to be a fit vessel for God. There's no way. He does all the shaping. Once he sees the imprint of man's hand on something broken. Throw the vessel away. Reshape it for future use. But it's no more good for him anymore. God wants us to be carriers of what's costly. First of all, you got to know what's important. You got to know what you have. You can't give more than what you have. Such as you have, you give. You got nothing, keep it to yourself till you get something. That's just the way the anointing works. This anointing is poured out firsthand. So we must be willing to humble ourselves and approach the source. Just like this woman did. This woman in Luke chapter 7. Well, the Luke 7 woman. I'll call her that. <laughs> Most people who aren't prepared will not draw near. There's an automatic repulsion for the non-humble. So the proud will never draw near. The self-conscious won't draw near. The people who are just along because somebody has an important name they won't draw near bottom feeders don't draw near scavengers don't draw near a humble person is not a scavenger a humble person who is one who knows value and honors value that's what humility is we need to examine ourselves as to why we don't draw near what are we afraid of are you scared God's going to demand something you can't do? That will never happen. Are you afraid you won't have anything left for you to enjoy life? That won't happen. He'll change your enjoyment factor. 
He'll start enjoying what he enjoys for a change. Maybe we think that this anointing is not for us. It's for all believers. It went from the head all the way down to the feet. Covered the robes. Covers everybody. From the least to the greatest. The anointing will cover. Sons and daughters will prophesy. Your your children will, will see visions. You got me? So it's a good and a pleasant anointing. Got me? Brings unity. It's the only unifier we see. That's for God's people. You going over to sit with the Presbyterians and them coming over to fellowship with you and let's go hug the Muslims and that ain't unity. You got me? You get on your knees and get God's unity. You know, this isn't some man made thing. So it's a good and pleasant anointing. When things are unpleasant, this anointing lifts. Huh? When controversy breaks out, infighting breaks out. Anything that's not of God breaks out. It lifts. We stop pouring. The jar gets sealed up again. This anointing will also divide out. It divides the carnal from the spiritual. Just like in Jesus' time when that box opened up. Boom. You saw everybody's heart. Huh? The women who poured it out were attentive to the master and everybody else was off and jealous. Huh? God will pour it out for just one person. It don't have to be, uh, you know, the body of Christ got to get ready. To, uh, 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 uh. He responds to hunger. He'll pour it out on one person. Oftentimes this anointing is fought over as to who possesses it, who gives it, who gets it. It's a fight over pottery. Huh? We always fight over the package, not the contents. Got me? So we start the pottery wars. <laughs> well, that color's wrong. Too busy for my bedroom. I don't like Art Deco. That looks weird. Huh? There's always a pottery war. It's a name dropping war. Huh? You better believe it. We fight over the vessel. We are fighting over personalities, who they are, name droppings, who's you're covering, who's your association with, who you're credentialed with. That's always the fight. It's never over the contents. Pottery wars will make you think the anointing's being wasted on certain people. Hmm? But it's, it's, it's the same situation. Both situations. We could have saved that and sold it and give it to the poor. You thief. You know, Judas piping up. Whenever he said save and give it to the poor, the poor never got it from him either. He stole it and took it home. Hmm? <laughs> It'll divide people. It's supposed to. Divides them off into who is hungry and who thinks they're full. It divides the hungry and the full. If you're full, you just want the anointing as one more trophy to make you look good. It's another notch in your belt, another mark on your resume. 
It's always Jesus and the true bride versus everybody else. So this is a war within the body. Those who are just want him and those who want him because. <laughs> him comma. The women in both these stories represent the bride and the church. One's paying a personal individual price and the other one's kingdom minded. Huh? The woman in the first three episodes is kingdom minded. She's looking at he's getting ready to leave us and I must do this for him. This is my last opportunity to show Jesus I'm serious about serving him. See when we get that desperation thing on us. This is, this, I may not get another 15 or 20 years to goof around and run from meeting to meeting and place to place and get more credentials, more anointings, more letters behind my name and doctors in front of my name. and They come overnight anyway. Did you catch it? <laughs> Anything man gives you, you can get it instantly. But you may not get instant outpouring. You might have one opportunity to connect with that person. To pour out. It's always how much money can I make off the anointing. Got me? For impure vessels. It's always a matter of what, how much fame. Who's going to know me. How many likes. No. I know. You know. God has been messing with my head so much over this Facebook thing. It's pathetic. I've been reduced to like a, a very nub of my former self over this. So I'm even stop talking about it. I'm just going to post and go. It's like, can you just be obedient to me? Can you just do what I tell you to do and cut the shenanigans? Whenever the, the, there's an impure vessel like the disciples here, the poor are pawns. They're not people. For the costly anointing, you've got to see the poor as people. Not pawns. See, it's like they're just an object. Like poor, you can insert poor, you can say put blind, you can put, you can put any group. They're pawns, people. The you, names you move around to impress people that your heart's right. With this anointing, the poor are individuals because this one goes one on one. See, you might have to travel, you know, a long time before that anointing gets deposited where God wants it deposited. Yeah, this anointing is for ministry, it's for end time ministry, it's for the believers to be empowered to do the works of God and he confirm them with signs following. That's definitely in this anointing. It's for soul winning, empowered soul winning. Not uh, some coin phrase that you coin and stick it on your ministry, but the real thing. You got me? Uh, Prophetic, if you want to say soul winning. You know, everybody who calls it prophetic after a while, it's just a handle to put on something. And so this is the real thing. This is one that's confirmed with signs following. Pharisees can, can measure everything in terms of dollars and cents. God ministers to needs. 
God doesn't care what it costs to buy a plane ticket to, to send somebody to get you out of the difficulty you're in. He does not care. He does not care. He looks at meeting needs. This anointing is for a specific purpose. To meet personal needs in a personal way. You pay a personal price. You may have to deliver it to somebody personally so that that hunger can be met and that need can be filled. God doesn't care. When he said this woman did what she could, that's what you do. You do what you can with this anointing. Got me? It's personal enough where it will fill you with confidence that God has sent you and equipped you to do something and deliver it personally to that individual. It's specific and it's personal to the vessel who receives it. That person will not be, when you leave, that person won't be confused about why you were there. They'll have that anointing answers questions, relieves suffering, brings them to salvation, brings them to a knowledge of Christ. It fills them and answers everything. Jesus knew what the anointing was for in his life and we will know it also because it teaches us. Gives us full understanding and revelation. When the the second woman, the woman in the first instance, the first three instances, Jesus said of her she did what she could. She couldn't stop his vision. She couldn't stop his mission. She couldn't force him not to give his life. But you do what you can. You know this is for the ones who understand what they can do and they're willing to do it. You do what you can do and he'll reward you with what you need and what you desire. What she could do was to make his anointing bearable for him. Make his uh, death bearable for him. And that's what that anointing did. That anointing made what Jesus had to go through bearable for him. See, you can't underestimate these things that God does. You got me? There are certain things people say, well, how did he die on a cross? Did he, did he feel everything? He was anointed for it. It's right here in the Bible, folks. It was real. It was real. And he had to be anointed prior to because he died a death nobody else died. There had to be a special preparation to die like that. And that's what happened with him. Because he was sinless he had to carry an anointing on his body through it. Because this was a death nobody ever had to die before. So it had to be special in some way. If he needed to be embalmed, that would have been able to do that. He was embalmed ahead of time. So that wasn't necessary for them to do it afterwards. All they needed to do was to put him in the tomb. And the father was able to do the rest. The body never saw corruption. And we have evidence that the body was prepared ahead of time. So it did not see corruption. So Jesus did not have a decayed body when he came out of that tomb. It took him through his trial. That perfume went everywhere he went. Standing before Pilate. Standing before his accusers. It was a savor of life unto life to those who were living and death unto them. Everybody who slapped him, spit on him, felt that conviction that they knew. Death unto death. You got me? This is important things. 
They're important things to understand and to know. Because what we do for God in this life, folks, has great impact and import. Jesus smells every fragrance that we admit. He hears every cry. He understands everything we go through. And he still will help us and and prepare us for what he wants us to do, the work that we're called to do on this earth. Amen? So that's the ministry of the alabaster fox. So you can have that and understand it. Amen? Father, we thank you for understanding. We thank you for revelation. Thank you for knowledge, preparation, We thank you for prayer. We thank you for blessing. Thank you for creating us vessels fit for the master's use. And I mean we are fit. There's nothing lacking in us. You take care of everything. There's nothing we can think of that we need to do to prepare ourselves. You are the great preparer. And we thank you for that Lord in Jesus name. Amen and praise God. If anybody needs prayer come on up.